Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 26th of May. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1862. And we travel to Dublin, where Thomas Bernardo experienced an evangelical conversion that would lead him to opening orphanages for London's homeless boys and girls. From the foundation of the first Bernardo's home in London to the date of his death, nearly 60,000 children have been taken out of abject poverty. Bernardo was born in Dublin, Ireland in 1845 and was the fourth of five children of John Michaelis Bernardo and his second wife, Abigail, a member of the Plymouth Brethren. He almost died at birth and again claimed close to death when he contracted diphtheria at the age of two. He was pronounced dead by two doctors, but revived when lifted up by the undertakers. And these traumas must have affected him. Bernardo later wrote that as a child he was selfish and thought that everything that was not his should belong to him. However, when he was 17, he was converted as the second great evangelical revival had spread from the States to Ulster in Northern Ireland and then around the rest of Ireland. And influenced by the witness of his brothers, George and Frederick, he was baptised at the Baptist Chapel without the approval of his father. Filled with zeal, He taught in basic schools, preached to troops and to the police and carried out door-to-door visiting in the Dublin slums. And after hearing an evangelist, Hudson Taylor, speak, he resigned his job with his father and volunteered to be a missionary in China and left Dublin for London to train as a medical missionary. Bernardo arrived in London in 1866 to undertake medical studies and at the time London was one of the biggest cities in the world with a population of nearly 4 million people compared with 200,000 in Dublin. As well as being 20 times bigger than Dublin it had a far greater density of population and when Bernardo arrived he was shocked to find children living in terrible conditions with no access to education. Although he never completed his studies at the London Hospital, he would use the title of doctor and later he secured a licentiate. When a cholera epidemic swept through the East End, leaving 3,000 people dead and many children orphaned, Bernardo felt an urgent need to help. His first step was to set up a ragged school in an old donkey stable where children could get a free basic education. And one evening, a boy at the mission, Jim Jarvis, took him around the East End and showed him children sleeping on roofs and in gutters. What he saw affected him so deeply he decided to abandon his medical training and to devote himself to helping children living in poverty. This, he felt, was his mission. 
and when he received an unexpected gift of a thousand pounds from a member of parliament samuel smith towards his work he felt that this decision was being confirmed he married siri louise elmsley who was to play an important role in the development of the mission and as a wedding present they were given a lease on a 60-acre site in Barkingside in East London, where the couple opened a home for girls. They focused on supporting girls who had been driven to prostitution and were early adopters of the cottage homes model. They believed that children should be, could be best supported if they were living in a small family-style group looked after by a house mother. And by 1900, the Barkingside Garden Village had 65 cottages, a school, a hospital and a church and provided a safe home and training to 1,500 girls. The Bernardos believed that ideally a child should grow up in a family setting and they introduced the practice of boarding out children to host families, an early form of fostering. As Thomas's work made a bigger impact, it attracted many admirers and supporters, but also cynics and enemies. At the time, the East End was in the grip of a serial killer who killed possibly 11 women. The murderer or murderers were never identified and the case remained unsolved. The police had arrested a notorious local called John Pizer, dubbed Leather Apron, who had a reputation for terrorising local prostitutes. His alibis for the two most recent mur murders were corroborated and he was released without charge. Later, a German hairdresser, Charles Ludwig, was arrested but then released after more killings happened whilst he was on remand. Sensational reportage and the mystery surrounding the identity of the killer fed the development of the character Jack the Ripper, who was blamed for most of the murders. And the later killings seemed to involve the precise work of a knife or a scalpel. And the police profiled him as having possible medical expertise and various doctors in the area were suspected, including Bernardo. Long after his death, he was still named as a possible subject. Ripperologist Gary Rowlands has theorised that due to his lonely childhood, he had anger which may have led him to murder prostitutes. However, there's no evidence that he committed the murders. And critics of the theory have also pointed out even though he admitted to meeting one of the victims just before she was killed, his age and appearance did not match any of the descriptions of the Ripper. Perhaps it was just an attempt to defame a holy man. After Bernardo's death, a national memorial was instituted to form a fund of £250,000 to cover the various institutions of all financial liability and to place them on a permanent footing. 
William Baker, formerly the chairman of the council, was selected to succeed the founder of the homes as an honorary director. Bernardo authored many books dealing with charitable work to which he had devoted his life. His work was carried on by supporters under the name of Dr. Bernardo's Homes, but by the mid-20th century the charity changed its focus from the direct care of children to fostering and adoption and renamed itself Dr. Bernardo's. Following the closure of its last traditional orphanage in 1989, it took the still simpler name of Bernardo's. That's all from the Great Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can, as we look at the legacy and influence of canon law. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time at www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to respond directly, then email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.